Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi there, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Uh, this week I am on my own, uh, Heather can't be here, she's got other things, but just schedules, yeah, <laughs> schedules are really great when you're eight hours away from each other. So, um, as it's just me this week, uh, I'm going to do something a little bit less historical but certainly still informative and as you can see by the title uh, I'm going over some board games. Uh, recently I've been becoming a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say obsessed, that's the wrong word, uh, maybe fixated is a good word on some board games. Uh, obviously during the 2020-2019 getting to play in person for board games was uh, difficult. Uh, there's also, also a lot of folks uh, on the internet who have friends in a lot of different places around the world. So I'm going to make an effort to have a, a, a collection of games here, which uh, some have versions online uh, for free, some have versions uh, which uh, have paid for versions and then go over a couple other places that you might be able to find extensions for other great games. So yeah, that's uh, this week. Uh, it's a bit laid back. Uh, we'll see how it all goes. Right, so first things first, we're going to talk about some really simple uh, to sort of start with board games. So this is going to be a little bit of a, a way to start somebody's collection into some uh, easier games. I'm also going to mention some maybe more complex games on this list towards the end if you know, you've know uh, you wanted to try some of those. And we're going to go over some multiplayer games and games that work well with two people. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is, uh, it's actually a new one I've found. Uh, well, I didn't find it. Uh, my partner wrote and found it. Uh, and it's called Dragonheart. Uh, basically, um, the playing field of cards, which are all sort of based on fantasy um, designs like dragons and huntresses and sorcerers and trolls and, uh, and treasure. Um, along with um, some knights and some dwarves and all that good stuff. But it's the same board. Each player has their own individual deck of cards and you play cards on the board to do specific actions like there are treasures and petrified dragons which need to be taken by specific other creatures like the dragon can take treasure and the sorceress can take both petrified dragons or treasure but not both and then there are uh, trolls that can uh, attack the sorceresses to get their points and basically the whole point is once a card is on the board if you can manage to get it off the board you will get the points for that card at the end of the game um as we sort of said like there are a different interactions between how cards can get off the board and that kind of depends and that kind of de um uh determines that's the word determines how many of each particular card you have in your deck like say there are 
there's a space for the dwarves. Now, the dwarves are one of the only ones that don't interact with everyone else. They like to keep to themselves. All you need to do is make four stacks of them and then uh, four stacks of dwarf cards onto the uh, game board and you get those points for the end of the game. So this becomes a back and forth game where you start with five cards and you're trying not to play too many cards because you can only play one type of card per turn, but you can play as many of that card as you like. So uh, you don't want to play down three dwarves just in case your opponent has that one dwarf to finish off all of your hard work and it uh, becomes a little bit of a spinning plates kind of game where you're trying to use your resources in uh, optimal ways which of course your opponent can get in the way and, and scupper all of your plans. Uh, Ottoman and I have been playing quite a bit uh, like during um, during um, our time together. Uh, it's also available online for free, which is why this one is one of the first ones we're going to be talking about. Uh, so uh, you can get quite a lot of these games available on the site boardgamearena.com. Not sponsored by them, but this is a great place to find free games and also has a premium section for even better games. Well, not even better games, that's not the right word. Uh, more exclusive games where the publisher doesn't mind them having an online variant but still wants them to be in the premium section uh, which is down to the game des uh, publishers and all that kind of thing and then they get cuts towards uh, producing their next games so but there are a bunch of free games on there Dragonheart being one of them it's really good fun um, second one we're going to talk about is Flux Flux is a fun little card game which can hold more than two, two players, uh, like Dragonheart is particularly for two players. This game can play between two and six players, maybe even more if you combine decks, but we'll get into that in just a minute. So, Flux uh, has a basic rule of if you draw, you draw one card and you play one card a turn, but every single card in the deck does something different. There are new rule cards where you can change how many cards you draw, or how many cards you play, how many cards you can have in your hand for new hand limits, and other effects that are more nebulous like a mystery draw where you just play the top card of the deck and whatever it is has to happen, which can both be good and bad for you. Uh, the, other, uh, the whole point of the game is there are goal cards, which there can only be one goal card in play, and uh, keeper cards, which you play into your keeper zone. Um, the keepers ref um, correspond to the different goals, and if you ever successfully have all the cards for a goal, you win that round. Uh, but uh, the goals, as I said, there can only be one in, uh, on the field at a time. They are cha ever changing as soon as somebody else plays a new one, and new rules can change things, and people can steal your cards. It's uh, as the game says, it's the rules are always in flux. The game is never stagnant, uh, and it's while there's a lot going on, it, uh, a lot of the, all the cards kind of explain themselves in a very easy way. This one's also available on Board Game Arena for free. It's great with a group of friends, especially over Discord or Zoom and stuff like that, because everyone can get involved. Uh, another thing about this game in person, though, is there are so many different versions of Flux. Uh, the basic versions are, of course, available, but they have expanded into many different IPs, including uh, all different, all the different seasons of Star Trek, uh, Doctor Who, which of course appeals to me, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Firefly, um, and basically a, a whole bunch of different uh, IPs that you can pick up the game that you'd like, which have it have their own flavors depending on which. Uh, you pick up like in the Doctor Who version, which I have, no surprise there, uh, has every version of the Doctor in there, and those Doctors can be placed with 
generic cards like any Doctor with the TARDIS, or specific Doctors can be used with specific companions that are available to, for different goals, so it's all a bit up in the air, but there's also some specific limitation cards as well. Not going to get too far into that. Alright, next one on the list is Skull. Skull is kind of like a card game. Um, basically, every player has... Uh, four cards in front of them, or in the official game, four coasters. Uh, three of them have flowers on the bottom, and one of them has a skull, as the name says. Uh, what you end up doing is you place uh, your counters on the ground, uh, on the ground, on the table, um, and uh, people go around until everyone has at least one, and then uh, in the second round, people can either decide to place them or decide to bid on how many how many tiles they can turn over without turning over a skull. Uh, big big rule there is that you have to start with your own stack. So if there's any skulls in your own stack, you you will lose. Uh, if you uh, if you lose or you fail to um, turn over that many tiles, uh, you have to give up one of your tiles. And uh, and if you run out of tiles, you're out the game. If you do succeed, you win one point, And if you win a second point, you win the whole thing. Uh, it's a very quick uh, game um, that you can play in a small group. You can also play it online because you can use any kind of uh, deck of cards as long as you're trusting the people you're playing with. And hopefully if you're playing games with them, you can, uh, that shouldn't be a problem. The, the next few ones are uh, little deception games. So we have Coup, which is where you have two influence characters between five different ones. Uh, which include people who can get more money, who can steal money, who can trade cards, who can assassinate, and who can block assassinations. But as your cards are face down, you can bluff and pretend to be any of them for uh, to get uh, use of their abilities. Uh, if you're called on whether someone believes that you have that card or not, you have to prove it. If you prove that you have it, the opponent uh, who called you out loses one of their cards, and if you're and if you were lying, you lose one of yours. If you lose both of your cards, you're out of the round. It's a fairly quick and simple game, but it's definitely one a great for social deduction. And this one is also available on Board Game Arena, but this one is available in the premium section, which costs about £3 a month. So it's a fairly reasonable price. Uh, next one we have is Love Letter, which is another one of uh, uh, a small card deck game where every time you draw a card and uh, you have to play a card. And... There are seven or eight different types of cards, all with different powers, and the idea is to have the highest uh, holding card uh, score at the end of the round. And um, but as the the card values get higher, their abilities tend to get higher as well. So it's about uh, becomes a balancing act of do you want to use a lower ability and keep uh, your higher card, or do you want to try and figure out who someone is and call them out and get them out of the game at the risk of perhaps. Uh, your highest value cards. It's a lot of fun uh, and takes a bit of time to get used to. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about quite, uh, briefly is Sushi, Sushi Go. Sushi Go is a lovely little uh, draft game where every where the deck is split into four piles or 
how many players uh, there are. It's uh, good with three to four players. Um, so you can uh, split the deck, and uh, each time someone takes a card, it's passed along uh, to the next person, and they take a card. And the different sushis are worth different amount of points. Some are worth points by themselves, some are worth points in groups, and some are worth points if you have the most of them, and then some actually have negative effects if you don't have enough of them. So the whole game is about drawing uh, out a specific card from your pile uh, and trying to complete your sets of cards before other people can stop you doing so. So uh, that one is a little bit of a tactical thinker, but it's incredibly quick and goes by very quickly. Okay, uh, last uh, one for the card games ones that I'm going to talk about is a game called No Thanks. No Thanks is pretty simple. There's a deck of 35 cards where you remove uh, uh, between 3 and 5 cards from the set, which comes up in a minute, and then uh, cards are flipped over uh, from uh, the pile, and these uh, uh, cards score points based on how much they're worth at the end of the game. Points are a bad thing, you don't want points. <laughs> um, but uh, every player has an equal amount of little tokens that they can say no thanks and put a token on the card and then it passes them to the next person. Um, if you don't have any tokens or you choose to take the card, any tokens that were on that card you get to keep to use later. So uh, it's, it's a risk management game of building up of how much resources you want to put into not taking a very high power card uh, compared to... Um, making sets of cards, which is the next bit. If you have a run of cards uh, numerically, you only uh, score points for the lowest number in that line. So if you have a 13 and a 15 and you manage to get a 14 as well, you won't uh, have any points from the 14 and the 15 and you'll just have the 13 points. Of course, everybody can see your cards and will be trying to stop you uh, taking the extra card. Um, so, will, but. If someone does that, then they are guaranteed to have an extra 14 points because they can't uh, make a run of it because you have the 13. So uh, it's a bit of a back and forth thing about risk uh, risk management and uh, building up your strategy as you go along. So yeah, uh, those are some of the easier card games that we found. There are obviously so many different card games in the world, but those are some of the uh, th those are some of uh, the different vibes depending on what people are interested in. Uh, the next thing I'm going to talk briefly about are deck builders. So. Um, I am very into deck building and collecting cards. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but basically uh, deck builders, everyone starts off with weaker hands within them, uh, which can then be used to purchase new cards that get shuffled into your new deck and you draw, keep drawing cards, building up your deck as the game uh, uh, keeps on playing. Uh, as the title says, it's a deck builder. So eventually uh, after, after so the first few rounds are pretty slow where you'll be collecting your resources and shuffling them back into your deck. And then after that, you'll start be able to do more damage uh, to whatever it is, whether it's opponents or a, um, uh, a, commu a cooperative boss. Uh, and most games tend to work that way. A uh, big example of that would be Legendary. Uh, Legendary has many different IPs. Marvel Legendary is the one that I've played uh, where you get to... Uh, purchase heroes from the Marvel Universe and use those to take down Marvel bad uh, bad guys as a cooperative team. 
Another game that I've uh, recently come to, to look at is the Power Rangers deck building game. This one has uh, is two players uh, directly in contact, uh, combat with each other, one playing the heroes of the Power Rangers and one playing the villains trying to stop them. And uh, while those games have similar cards, uh, they're obviously flavoured depending on what side of the game you're on. Uh, last one I'm going to talk about briefly is Clank. Uh, Clank uh, is a game which... Uh, probably appeals to the uh, Dungeons & Dragons or RPG fans uh, as it's a game where you uh, go exploring dungeons and looking for treasure and fighting monsters. Um, as And you collect uh, and you use your the cards that you collect to get better weapons to be able to take down more monsters, to get more points, to get more cards. Uh, but as you're going along, you will make noise or clanks, uh, which put you'll put into deck. Uh, and if you draw them, you add a clank token, a clank token that comes out later. Uh, if you eventually do fight a monster in the game with a dragon token, you could wake the dragon, and then one uh, all of the tokens that are on uh, the board get put into a bag, and one of them gets drawn out. And if it's your color, you lose uh, a life. And if you lose all your lives you before you can escape, you lose uh, all of your treasure and you're out of the game. Last one alive and escaping wins that one. Okay, so there are uh, other deck builders that are out there. I just don't have uh, any experience in those games, but there are definitely others to check out. Um, and if you're into that kind of deck building game where... You, you enjoy building a deck of cards and strategizing for a longer sort of form game. They're a lot of fun. Um, and Legendary and the Power Rangers one. And there is a Transformers one in the same kind of aim as the Power Rangers one. Again, I don't know much about it. But they're all reasonably priced and not super expensive. Uh, the next ones can vary in price and uh, whether you can play them online or not. Um, the first one on this list is Sheriff of Nottingham. Um, this game uh, is not available on Board Game Arena, but it is available on Tabletop Simulator, which is available on Steam, although that does cost uh, a little bit more than uh, the Board Game Arena membership would. So uh, that is down to you, and everyone would need it for that while uh, the premium membership for Board Game Arena, only one player in the group needs it, and everyone can access it. So uh, that is something to keep in mind. But Sheriff of Nottingham is a great little uh, bluffing deception game where your merchant's coming into Nottingham, and you have to uh, declare goods and try and sneak them past the sheriff if you're perhaps not being super honest with everything that's in your declared goods. Obviously, uh, some things are legal goods, which we, you can collect uh, throughout the game and try and build up your collections of those to get a bonus of the legal goods at the end of the game or you can try and smuggle in contraband which is worth a lot more on its own but comes with inherent risk that if your bag is checked you'll end up having to be uh, pay a fine to the sheriff who checked your bag uh, if you are telling the truth and the sheriff decides to check your bag though they end up paying you the fine for all of the items in your bag uh, and you get to keep them and move along so it becomes a back and forth uh, game of reading each other about whether uh, the bag that you've been given really does have three sets of apples or whether it doesn't and of course the game is full of bluffing and braving the sheriff to not look in the bag whether that's with coins uh, you can offer things from within the bag 
uh, and uh, you can uh, offer to perhaps not look in their bag when the sheriff roll comes around to you because the sheriff roll travels around the table to every player twice uh, and then whoever has uh, the most uh, aggregate of money at the end of that time wins the game. Uh, it's a fun sort of uh, easier uh, deception game to start with. Um, Definitely um, a lot going on in it, but uh, it breaks it down pretty easily into legal goods and contraband, and you can take both routes, and it's a lighter foray into that kind of game. Um, as for the next game on my list, I've got Whitehall Mystery. Uh, Whitehall Mystery is a game that's set uh, in London uh, around the time of Jack the Ripper, uh, where one player uh, has hidden movement, and he's playing as Jack the Ripper, trying to get across uh, the area uh, to uh, get to the markers that he, that they have set for themselves to be where they dis uh, place body parts for the police to try and find. And the police have to try and uh, follow their trail by uh, going to their close to the stone location and branching out from there, trying to discover clues and follow them on their path. If they ever make an arrest of Jack the Ripper, or if Jack the Ripper can't get to his uh, next uh, marked location at the start of the game, uh, which he writes, uh, which they write down uh, separately, um, then uh, and if they can't get there within uh, a certain number of turns. They do lose the game, but if they can get all the way around the board and get to all four of their locations, they do win. Uh, as for um, so that's uh, the basic premise: is it's an asymmetric uh, game where the uh, the killer or Jack in this uh, one has all of the information and can listen in on everything uh, that the police are doing and try and use that to influence their decision about how to get away from them. Another game like this is Fury of Dracula. Now this game is a little bit more difficult to come by, uh, just because it, it's uh, gone out of print and come back into print a few times. So this one is maybe a more expensive version of a similar premise, where you play Dracula and you're travelling all over Europe, trying uh, to avoid being caught by vampire hunters. Um, that one, uh, Fury of Dracula, definitely has more grittiness and more rules to sort of chew through so it's definitely more complex uh, than um, Whitehall Mystery but both are really fun and uh, both offer really good uh, sort of things uh, sort of things both are really fun experiences uh, the next game I'd like to talk about is Code Names. This is another good party game because you can have uh, a, a two people playing um, on each team, or you can have a spy master for each team, and then a a bigger uh, group of people trying to figure out the clues. What this game is is there are sets of randomly placed tiles, uh, twenty five of them, five by five grid, uh, on the table, and then uh, a random selection of uh, of them is assigned to the blue team and the red team. Uh, and then some of them are out, uh, bystanders, and then there's also an assassin. Uh, basically, what each spy master has to do is they can see which of all of these uh, specific words are linked to them, but they can also see the ones that are linked to every, uh, to their opponents. You have to give the a word to your team, word or phrase, depending on how lenient uh, you, you want to be. Um, linking those uh, some of your specific words while also excluding being able to link other people's words because uh, your team could keep on guessing uh, unless they hit a bystander uh, an opponent's team uh, card 
or the assassin and if either team uh, find the assassin that team is immediately eliminated so it's a fun little game where you try and put your head into how your friends and uh, party mates think which can be quite difficult and uh, can uh, be an interesting experience to watch as you tear your hair out as they can't figure out what you what you meant by your words. Um, it's definitely a fun little game. This one is available again on Board Game Arena, so you can definitely check it out there. Uh, all right, the next game I'm going to talk about before uh, going into our quick uh, brief mid-roll is Unmatched. Unmatched is a really interesting uh, game concept where it uh, allows you to take different... IP characters such as Sherlock Holmes, uh, Alien Xenomorphs, uh, Moon Knight, uh, who's in there, um, Jurassic Park Dinosaurs, and a load of other different characters. There are so many different ex expansions for the game uh, that uh, come together and fight each other. What's really great about these games is uh, with every expansion you have just more options to use within the game. Each character comes with their own specific powers which uh, favour how that character in fiction would be represented like Sherlock Holmes for example not super good at the fighting but really good at investigating and using that to get up on it get get a one up on its opponents whereas uh, dinosaurs and other uh, creatures are better at attacking and uh, are not uh, and are better especially the dinosaurs are better in packs just like any good predator would be. Uh, sorry about that, guys. If there's a weird jump there, uh, the mic decided it didn't want to play anymore. Uh, uh, there are so many different expansions for the game, so many different IPs. It's a great uh, game to check out, especially if you can find an IP that you're really interested in. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a great little fun uh, game to get started with. Uh, at this point, I'm going to quickly jump into our mid-roll, uh, which I'll cover on my own for uh, forwards, which is a scary thing, and then we'll be back in with a couple more games, and then we'll wrap up on this uh, later episode of uh, Geek Yourself. Alright guys, uh, welcome to this week's mid-roll. First off, I'm going to do what Heather normally does and talk about World Anvil. World Anvil is the most complex and, and ambitious campaign management software you uh, on the internet. Uh, Nerdsmith as a group have looked at many different ones and I also have uh, used this as a player in one of my, uh, in one of my personal D&D games and it's absolutely fantastic. Breaks everything down so you can different view different parts of your maps, different parts of your timelines, different people, and how they connect to everybody else. It's got so much deep, uh, in-depth information you can add for your characters, whether that's a D&D game like I've just said, or if you're writing a novel and want to connect those characters up to have a broad understanding of everything and how it all links together. Uh, the actual main website is free, and they have a wealth of free resources that you free resources that you can look at, and also have paid of ones available if you need them uh, which um, yeah uh, it's really great you should absolutely check it out uh, for free uh, for so many of their basic services at worldanvil.com also going to quickly talk about the fine folks over at uh, Die Hard Dice uh, as we've said many a time they make absolutely gorgeous metal dice uh, and polymer dice um, while they were started uh, with their own metal molds they've now branched out into their using them for polymer dice um, uh, and have a wealth of different styles to 
to, to anything that you could be interested in. Like they've got their multi-class D20s, we talked about them before, with uh, the multiple colours mixed into them, the uh, multi-class uh, dice which separate and click back together, uh, but you can also swap them around. Uh, also, I just realised I said that twice, it's a Spellwinder one which mixes the colours. Uh, but yeah, they also have great accessories like their little metal meeple tokens that you can use for your tabletop games, like any of these ones or any other ones basically. Uh, then we also have uh, their great accessories like their scroll of rolling and their pop-up dice trays and everything else. Uh, they have free shipping domestically and discounted shipping uh, for the international folks. And if you use the code Nosemith, you can get 10% off your first or your next order with them. We love them. We love both uh, World Ramble and Dire Dice, and we're very happy that they continue to support the network. So with all that being said, we're going to get back into this uh, episode with a couple of more games, and then we're going to wrap it up. All right. Okay. Okay, hiya guys. Uh, so I've got a few other games that I'm going to go for. Uh, I picked out maybe a too few many for this, so I'm just going to run through a few of them together. Uh, Betrayal House on the Hill is a fun uh, horror game, exploration game, where you build uh, the house that uh, you're exploring with your group of um, assorted uh, um, paranormal investigators and collecting items, collecting events and collecting omens. Eventually at some point, uh, uh, after every omen, uh, in fact, you have to roll to see whether the quote haunt starts within the game. Uh, the haunt is where the game changes up from the setup phase into the into the sort of showdown phase for the game. Um, which involves uh, potentially uh, most of the time one of the players becoming uh, a defector and uh, basically working for the cursed house on the hill and it becomes a battle between uh, the unchained uh, the unturned characters and the turned characters and that can uh, be affected by potentially what item is found to trigger the haunt or depending on which room they're found in. Uh, there is a new version of the game that's been released very recently which has streamlined uh, finding out which haunt is available uh, and it has uh, less within uh, the book but they're more thematic so there are two versions that you can look at uh, if you prefer more versions but a little bit more setup or more streamlined and a little less content but still uh, over a diff hundred different haunts, so it's uh, while it's less content, it's not really uh, a problem in replay replayability. Okay. Uh, next game to talk about is um, Herd Mentality. Herd Mentality is a lovely little game uh, where um, you are everyone is asked a question and you everyone has to give an answer at the same time and you have to be on the same wavelength of everyone that you're playing with. So you can't go to obscure with your answers or uh, you won't match everyone else. Only people who end up matching with other people score points or the people, or most people who match together score points. If you match with uh, a person, uh, you don't uh, you don't lose any points, but if you're on your own and you didn't match with anyone, uh, you can uh, you are given a um, a little cow token, and while you have that little cow token, you can't actually win the game. And the first one to eight uh, eight points without that token wins uh, the game, and it goes by pretty quickly. It's a fun little trivia game, which is more about uh, reading the 
of people you're playing with than knowing the most obscure things, which I think is pretty good for um, uh, trivia games, which I actually have one more trivia game to mention, which is called Wits and Wagers. This one has more trivia-based questions, but uh, you get more points by betting on the people's who answers who you think are more right than your own. And if you're right, you get points for your correct answer, but you obviously get more points for however much you wagered on that other person being right. So it becomes a back and forth of uh, trying to figure out who knows the most about this specific uh, niche subject. And it can be a lot of fun. Uh, and again, a little bit of a more lower pressure trivia game than sort of Trivial Pursuit, which if you don't have a, a wider knowledge can be quite restrictive for some people at the table and that's never fun to restrict people playing at the at um at the table anyway all right so i think to wrap this up i'm going to quick fire up a couple of games uh first two of those are going to be zombie dice and perudo uh these are both uh, dice based games zombie dice is a pressure luck game where you keep on rolling dice which you take out of a cup and you collect brains as zombies and if you're shot three times before you choose to end your turn your turn is over and you don't score any points for that turn and the first of 13 points or 13 brains wins very quick game to go around the table with and extremely fun with pressure luck and uh, Perudio is similar where everybody has a cup with five dice they roll their dice under their cup and then they uh, go around the table betting how many of a particular die uh, will have uh, a particular number so the bidding, uh, betting could start at like uh, two twos uh, and it keeps on going up you can either increase the die um, amount so it'd be three twos or it could be uh, two sixes um, and it keeps on going around the table until everybody uh, until there's a, a bet thrown out there that everybody disagrees with and then you check everyone's dice if they if the person who put that bet up uh managed to get enough they uh win one point and if they are wrong uh they lose one of their dice and the last one with dice still to roll is the winner up there okay uh, another little fun party game is mafia de cuba uh, this game is one where a box goes around everybody playing and they have to take something out of the box, whether that's a token for which kind of team you're on or some of the diamonds that are also in the box. And if you take diamonds, you're a thief and it's down to the Godfather to try and use the information around the table to get all of their diamonds back, whether send, uh they can ask anybody at the table to or around in the group to empty their pockets and if they get diamonds back they're they're safe if they pull out a token they lose a life uh, and there is also an fbi token which if they appoint to at any time they lose automatically uh, and it goes around the, the table and depending on which team wins uh, people accrue wins that way until it gets to the end and you well until you get to the end of that loop and that's who wins that loop uh uh right last game i'm going to talk about i think is uh welcome to the dungeon welcome to the dungeon is a fun little card game uh which has uh characters with equipment which uh is used to 
buy out a particular putting particular monsters into a stack of deck to a stack deck uh, of uh, things that you're going to encounter in this specific dungeon uh, and you can use your equipment to stop harder creatures going into it uh, but you don't know what other people put into it uh, once everybody has uh, passed on uh, the challenge uh, one person can go in and try and clear it if they do clear it they earn points and if they don't they lose lives uh, which is a really simple game goes around the table uh, a bunch of very fast game and again another compact game which a lot of these are which is great for traveling uh, or um, for uh, sort of just going around people's houses and that kind of thing which we can start to do now and then there's also just you know compact uh, taking up less space which is really important when your shelves are full of uh, games now I don't own all of these games like I said I use board game arena to play a lot of them and tabletop simulator is great for finding a lot of other games there are some games uh, like code names which I forgot to mention that have a dedicated web version uh, which they host so uh, playing these games with friends uh, uh, internationally or just not together is something that is possible to do so that's going to wrap up this uh, bit wordy uh, episode um, obviously I can't explain all the rules to all of the games uh, a lot of them are simple and bite-sized to, to understand and many of them are fairly cheap which i've hoped or, or at least if they're not cheap you can find ways to play them which is inexpensive which is the general gist with this list obviously that isn't the case for every kind of board game and there are lots of board games to look uh, for uh if you want to uh, sort of uh, curate another list uh, another Place to find board games there are many good youtube channels for it again not not sponsored by these i'm just a big fan of these board games um obviously there's the now finished series tabletop which was run by will wheaton on geek and sundry but those episodes still exist so you can always go back and watch them there is a no rolls barred a youtube channel uh, based in the UK, which uh, is fairly new into the board game scene, but has a great uh, cast of uh, people who rotate through uh, different games and is a lot of fun uh, to, to watch. And they also do breakdowns of games to go over. And then there's also the Dice Tower, uh, which are great at sort of unboxing games and doing live plays, which re uh, have the rules uh, read uh, out as they're going along to help people learn new uh, new games and add new ones to their, their to their wish lists and everything like that so with all that being said uh let me know what kind of games uh you play i'm very interested in what uh, kind of taste uh, everyone has uh, as you can see by my list i'm kind of into a bit of social deduction uh i'm also into dice games and card games uh so those are kind of my warehouses but yeah let me know what you like uh i'd be really happy to talk with you on the Elizabeth discord uh which you can find me just by pinging me in there you can also do the same with heather when she's back uh thank you guys for listening to this episode and i will see you very soon bye guys Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review 
or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Geek thyself.